0: Transmission by me, Make me an Hello there, and welcome to Make Me an Island, still of Ireland. Now, if these episodes were, let's say, a group of landlocked provinces, as opposed to an archipelago of the inner ear, this would be the 51st state. Feels like we've come a long way, so thank you for staying with us. And a special word of thanks to those of you who continue to support the making of these islands on Patreon. That fuel is the key ingredient in this here fire. So thank you again for being the silent keepers of the flame. Now, this is Dublin Donald reporting today. Perhaps even more than usual, you may detect the air of a beaten man in me, having just resigned myself to the fact that inner-city life is my lot from here on in in 2021. However, I'm really happy to report that the last show in the summer series is one we recorded back in Kerry while the going was still very good indeed. The poetically beautiful village of Phoenix at the mouth of Turley Bay is our location If you've swam in the harbour there, chances are you'll have visited the room we made this recording in. Mike and Grainne O'Neill's Beach Café is a place I've spent many happy hours, and in putting together a show to fit that special room, I'm just giving something back. Once more in the series, we're facilitating some musical introductions here, because both Cahill Caulfield and Killian O'Flanagan, recording as Coo, are at the very beginning of their journeys into recorded sound. I've been lucky enough to see them both play and sing their way through the prologue to their respective recording careers, and a treat is in store. You'll have already heard Call a couple of episodes back in the garden with John Francis Flynn, two big debutants from yet another wave of talent crashing on the North Kerry shoreline as sand waves. Here they are with the opening set, Johnny Spillane's favourite and the Palatine's daughter. <laughs> Uh, it's so wonderful to hear music in a room and uh, especially a room uh, as beautiful as this one. Cajal, you've been on the show before and uh, a couple of episodes ago in in John Francis Flynn's garden, so you're very, very welcome back. Um, so Thank you. <laughs> um, when in Rome, bringing the polkas to, to Kerry, there's a thing there where um, I guess it's synonymous with the sound of, of um, you know, coming from Kerry Fiddler. Absolutely, Where would Parik O'Keefe and and, and, uh, the music of Dennis Murphy and Julie Clifford be in your own world?
1: I suppose I started listening to them within the last four years or so as a major influence. And uh, I think there's just great life in their music. Um, It's more about the rhythm and repetition than kind of going for some mad sound. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, really, really uplifting kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: and and it's kind of inseparable from the dance or, or from, yeah. that, from yeah. dancing, right? And that that swing that it has. Mm-hmm. Um, is very distinctive, right? Yeah. Um, so, Cahill, maybe just in terms, we're going to hear um, something that you've just released, uh, The Morning Thrush, right? Um, your own journey has always, in, your musical journey has always been on the fiddle, right? So it started way back in plantarf in the group of kill, right? Mm-hmm. So at a very young age.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like John, I suppose, yeah. yeah. Uh, my ma would have played the fiddle and uh, there was just always fiddle music and the house growing up... Uh, yeah i just remember fiddle music and uh musical chairs and uh a mixture of the two the happy birthday song with your name in it. Okay. did you ever, fiddle music otherwise.
0: yeah and did you ever feel that or did it has it always met your needs in terms of musically there's never been kind of a feeling for another instrument um no <laughs>
1: no okay no I, there's just too much too much scope i think yeah yeah there's too much to do with it
0: and by scope right so we're about, we're about to listen to something that for me is a very adventurous um, way of recording uh, the fiddle and the recording is done uh, by Killian O'Flanagan here and, and I think there's a, a kind of a brave uh, approach right so so maybe you could tell us a little bit about kind of what your intention was with the piece
1: <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah it was uh, the next piece is called The Morning Trush and uh, it starts with kind of a Don Chorus um, on the fiddle and uh, yeah I guess it's inspired by uh, May 2020 when I was living in Mead at the time so even, it would have been even quieter there than Dublin and I think everyone could hear the uh, Don Chorus louder than ever and bird sounds in general um, so yeah it just kind of got to me a bit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and think, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just started going for sunrise runs and stuff and started hearing the sounds of the birds and tried to interpret that into Seamus Ennis' tune. And the tune, The Morning Thrush, was composed by Seamus Ennis' dad, uh, who would have heard him thrush each morning singing to him, and then he got some of the notes out of that to make the tune. So yeah. if, I think it fits in well. You Beautiful. Know, uh, wacky kind of way.
0: <laughs> let's hear it. The Morning Thrush by Cahill Caulfield. I was there. I'm there. <laughs> um So first of all, first question, like all the sounds come from the film, right? Yeah. Second question, how? <laughs> um
1: Yeah, good question. Yeah.
0: The breathing kind of sounds, where, where are they? How, how do you make those? It almost sounds like a bellows or something like
1: that. Uh, well, uh, I recorded them on a Zoom H2N and didn't was a very amateur recorder at the time, so I think Killing just like amped them up. Oh, yeah. So the, it's just the room sound <laughs> A basically. beautiful mistake. Yeah, a beautiful mistake. Um, but there's a Transylvanian uh, uh, fiddler of uh, Romanian music, and he has some mad Romanian, brilliant Romanian music, but he also has a video up on YouTube of like playing in a forest to local birds. And i seen him put his hand over the fiddle, oh, like yeah. that. So we go up here and play like that. Okay, great. So that kind of opened up a new avenue of not trying to yeah. play. like that's <coughs> I would have heard other people try to emulate birds and before. But. Beautiful.
0: <laughs> um, it looks really good on radio. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, the thing is, uh, Paul, the so like the versatility the versatility of the instrument right mm-hmm. so it's capable of mimicking probably the most beautiful thing sound there is which is bird song mm-hmm. um is it it's capable of pretty much everything therefore mm-hmm therefore what can't it do <laughs> exactly uh, okay well maybe on that bombshell another tune so maybe so th- th- this one next one is called a, is this about what's so, your next tune called Sorry. the wonderful nose yeah wonderful nose yeah but tell us about this one it's not about me is it no, no. Um,
1: <laughs> it's a uh, one from um uh, project i did uh, a couple of years ago on uh the tom only um Songs that are found in the UCD folklore department. He was a folklore collector that would have gone around um, in the last century, collecting from uh, everywhere all over the country. I think he's uh, collected the largest uh, catalogue of songs out of the Irish folklore collectors, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. And uh, mostly English songs. But uh, this one is from uh, Claire, flute player and singer himself... Uh, Michael Russell, his father, sang it, but it's kind of like more like a wonder tale or something. Um, it's about this uh, kind of great big oaf that had a nose that came down like an elephant's trunk, and uh, he'd whack a load of people it it kind of sounds like he was a menace but it doesn't actually describe him as ever causing harm on purpose so I like to interpret it that he was just kind of uh, awkward and like (laughs) had this great big trunk that would just swing around when he moved and uh, he also was keen for snuff and uh, for each pinch of snuff it was a pound of snuff so like the people needed to get rid of him because he was sniffing up all their snuff basically and uh, they yeah, sent a sailor after him and a guard from the Queen and all sorts, but you'll see what happens, anyways. And uh, then I finish it off with a polka called Up and Away, and you'll kind it of. It is what it is. You'll get you get—you'll get yeah. why it's up and away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Kelly might join for that with the guitar a bit lowered. Yeah, lovely. Huh?
3: What?
1: Now. Now? In F. In F, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And this will be on the EP as well, they'll be bringing out at some point.
0: F for F.
1: The title of the EP actually is The People Were All Engaging in Fear. And uh, it's all songs that were arranged during COVID, but the line, The People Were All Engaging in Fear comes into this. So <laughs> there you go. Oh,
2: mm-hmm.
4: And John clear out of sight oh, this chap wore a cap with a rim like a basin With a rim wide enough for a donkey to race in Such a juice of a fellow Was he to take snuff with a pen for a pinch? The but the nose he made him Hopped like a loose pantaloon And the horse was so high He went back through the moon All <laughs> oh, the people Were all engaged in fear When they Saw this poor sailor His horse up and steer They up to their
2: heels and made their clear full blow from his
4: nose would make them queer The last game was a heard from the queen at last made it capture the door of a house for the
2: terrible chap.
4: They found him in bed, just taking a nap with his Nose round his head instead of like a hap They crept up one by one on the floor. Oh I think uh, there was near sixty shore They tried to secure him but mark in the board. He jumped to the roof. Okay
0: back to talking to Caho um, in just a little while about um, the skill and uh, wonderful invention involved in singing and playing at the same time. Um, uh, not easily done. Uh, but now we're just going to turn our attention to uh, another um, release just about to um, see the light of day. Uh, and that's the debut EP from Coup. Uh, and that's the name Killian O'Flanagan here records under. And uh, I was lucky a few months ago uh, to get this tune. And uh mm-hmm. You know, back in the days of having a radio show, this is the kind of tune that you'd build a radio set around. So I'm delighted to be uh, debuting this piece of music for the first time. Well, the debut is the first time, but uh, this the inaugural play anywhere, anywhere, including Phoenix, without uh, of um, <laughs> Jack and Susan. So this is Jack uh, and Susan go for a drive. <laughs> go for a drive. Sorry, exactly. Jack and Susan go for a drive by Cool.
5: Jack had a wild look when he danced his car. Always did. Always would. And Susan had a panicked smile when Jack danced his car. Always did. Always would. And that night they drove on roads with lenient limits. Always would. Always did. Just something to do when they were at a loose end. Always empty pocketed. Jack would say, hey, let's go for a drive. And Susan would nod. Down motorways with gleaming cat eyes. Old habits die hard and we will count them as they rip to the peripheral. Old habits die hard. Never enjoy those drives of theirs. Never would never did. Jack will get faster and leaving limits behind Never like rules. never did to slow him with a hand on his leg Sometimes worked, sometimes didn't She tried, she failed, like a schoolgirl doing her nails Didn't work this time Jack just went faster and faster and faster Couldn't stop him, not this time And it began to rain, His isn't my heaven Didn't stop Jacko. never would Let's go home, she said, grabbing his leg that on.
0: got to be a very nervous moment when you haven't <laughs> released music before and and you hear um people listening to it for the first time yeah. Killian. how did that go <laughs> for you there I, I, thank you <laughs> <laughs> if, this isn't a hit parade but if it was i think it's a thumbs up from everybody uh, right uh, okay, um, thank you so thank killian you we were talking earlier, Killian, about you know when it comes to writing songs, and and you know like Cahal, you've come from a world of of uh, traditional music, right? It's fair to say.
6: Um, yeah, although I kind of came into it a bit later than um, Cahal and uh, a lot of the people that um, you, be, I would have made friends through through the music. Right. Um, I originally learned how to or. I would have been sent to a few tin whistle classes and stuff, but it never really clicked with me. Right. Uh, until I went to a woman named Margaret Kelly over in Kulak. And um, she would have worked in the shop, a shop with my grandmother when she was a teenager. Um, so she became a music teacher, taught everything. You know, she, she had people from all over Kulak uh, come to her to teach, teach them, you know, to be tin whistles, barons, Fiddles, bass guitar, electric guitar, everything. Like this woman just got people going on music and got them into it. And uh, so that's where I really kind of took to music.
0: Yeah. Um, do you think? Do you think it takes somebody to be that kind of, you know? Because I think we were when we when I was talking to John Cole. <laughs> he told me that when he was six that his piano teacher told him he should quit which is a bit early for that um, <laughs> using the word quit but yeah. um,
6: and if they start at six it's too late and
0: then, <laughs> yeah. you know? but I mean in your case right so that, that touch that she had is what you what what changed it for you and, and made you realise this is something you, you could love or you yeah, loved she already
6: gave, she gave me the freedom and confidence definitely, to just mess around and do whatever I wanted yeah. um, nothing was wrong you know um, yeah
0: right there's no so, quitting in, in her class. <laughs> there was no quitting, it was just,
6: um, but there was no pressure and there was no yeah. goal, you know, yeah. which is fantastic when you're interested at the start anyway.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So so roughly speaking, what age were you at that point? You...
6: Oh, I was 12. Okay. Yeah, I took up the guitar and fortunately, uh, about two weeks after I started, I broke my leg and was had nothing to do but focus on that for about two months. So... <laughs>
0: Uh, and, and so the, uh, yeah right the guitar survived the accident yeah, uh, uh, and um, uh, and the rest is history but so move along to when you're kind of branching into writing and thinking about making your own stuff because mm. like one of the things is of course it's extremely difficult to find your own sound but like here you are this is your first release and and uh, and there's already a sound going on um, <laughs> yeah. but but um, So when it comes to the actual writing, right, something interesting you told me about, you know, the T.S. Eliot um, essay about tradition, uh, and give me the title (laughs) (laughs) for the fourth time. (laughs)
6: uh, An essay I came across in college, Um, I studied English uh, out in UCD, and it was an essay by T.S. Eliot called Tradition and the Individual Talent, which was one of the most, uh, kind of, One of the biggest takeaways from my college experience, uh, academically anyway. Um, But uh, it was... He kind of put forward the idea that any artist in whatever medium they're working in should have a knowledge. um, Don't need to have an appreciation. Usually you would, but you don't need to. But you need to have a knowledge of the history of what your medium is. Um, And therefore... Only through understanding that. Um, that's where your individual individuality shines where you show your understanding of that and then put your own twist on that. Yeah. It's it doesn't come from a poet sitting down and writing you know, I've read a good few poems over I'm sure everyone yeah. has, where they may as well start with Dear Diary and then it's just a load yeah. of their own.
0: Yeah.
6: Um, that's mm-hmm. not really individual, it's
0: it it Yeah. I really like that idea of a common approach. Yes, I really like that idea of giving yourself the time to immerse yourself and, and to respect that and then to, to express yourself duly accordingly.
6: Exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um love that idea. Thanks, Gillian. So yeah. look, um let's hear a song. You're gonna start your first song is gonna is the Boatman's Cure, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um anything to say about this song?
6: Um, I first heard this um, from a man called John Roberts. There's a video of him singing it on YouTube. Check it out. Um, And yeah, I I instantly fell in love with the song. Um, And I would have kind of, you know, you you learn a song and then you sing it in public and then you go through learning it, you know, Um, when you're performing it. I would have done regular session gigs. and this would have been one I did in the Walter session with uh, Christoph Capewell, John Francis Flynn, and Lisa O'Neill um, every Sunday. Um, this would have been the one, one of the ones I would have sang pretty regularly up there. And
0: um it, it goes without saying that it's going to be uh, not too soon a day, or the day can't come soon enough when you'll be able to do so again, right?
6: I hope so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's all make that wish. I
6: think everyone hopes so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
7: To the seven pole, you'll push off and go. Shall to the seven? Pole.
0: Killian O'Fanagan and Cahill Caulfield. Um, We've reached that part of the uh, show where we're going to talk a little bit about um, some music that um, is, is very important to to both Cahill and to Killian. So, uh, first of all, uh, we're going to chat about um, uh, a piece of me, or a man um, from Greece called Alexis Zumbas. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I wrote a little piece um, for uh, the Irish Times a while back called uh, On the Album, A Lament for a Pyrus. Uh, 1926 to 1928. Um, So I'm just going to read you that before I play you uh, the first tune. As well as being floored by one of the most beguiling records I have ever heard, I managed to learn a few new words in the course of falling for its charms. Zenatia is the Greek expat experience in one word. It incorporates every painful nook and cranny of the dark contours of longing, missing and yearning. It's all the toughest parts of living life through an absence, condensed, It has all the ingredients of heartbreak and working parts of unrequited love for a place. It's strong stuff. The life story of Alexis Zumbas and his extraordinary music is impossible to explain without some grasp of the term. He died alone in Zenatia in a bleak 1940s Detroit, several worlds away from the balmy heat and music of his childhood. He grew up in the hinterlands of Epirus, Greece, in the last decade of the 19th century. The captivating sounds he elicits from his violin is descended directly from the ancient music the shepherds played for their flocks on their wooden flutes. The sound seems to occupy its own space. I've never heard anything like it. It'll take another couple of new words to explain. Two forms comprise the tradition. The skaros is a contemplative improvisation and is commonly meant to lull or pacify listeners, be they sheep people. Um, The Miral miral Oji is a lament. This isn't music for dancing. Zumbas had been more than a decade in New York by the time they were made. A rumour had it that he fled Greece having murdered his landlord but this has since been disproven. What's certain is that he was quite a character. He was an artist and an explorer and an audacious musical adventurer. So what we get here is one of those rare collisions of tradition and modernity. It's lit with the bright lights of New York, but shaded by the ominous darkness of the hills of Epirus. There's an unfathomable mystery at its core. Life is stalked by death. The sadness of time passing is the uncomfortable strangeness in all our stories. speak for the sheep but as one of the people um, there's something about that that's so evocative isn't there?
1: Yeah I think it's uh, the emotion comes across immediately in the playing. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the thing that struck me first was just the very first time I heard him play was the kind of feeling and emotion and you're almost shocked by it and you're not in the right zone you're kind of like don't listen to that right now. Yeah yeah. <laughs> But, um, ha-
0: handle with care yeah handle um, with care um but, uh, there's something also about okay so it's it's nineteen twenty six to twenty eight so there's it's coming on a hundred years since that mm. was recorded and and yet there's in the power of of the sound there's no, there's no uh mm. i mean personally speaking I just don't differentiate between what I hear now and and what what was what was achieved with rudimentary
1: i guess equipment. That's to, um The improvisational end of it it's just the human condition coming out through him I suppose. Mm. Um, And and
0: there's things that as a human that he does that nobody else does. As a player would there be stuff that he does that you can't really you don't hear elsewhere.
1: Yeah that's what I heard the second time and other times around then after that the first Mm -hmm. time I was just blown away and then then you're just like wait a second (laughs) what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah and it's interesting that Parallels that uh, he would have come from Greece and then recorded in New York, which is yeah. how uh, a lot of the Irish would have done, like the likes of Coleman, yeah. uh, Mar- James Morrison, and Patrick uh, Patrick uh, Cloran being just a few. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's int- it's interesting to see that that's the same mm-hmm. move that he made, and all those records came back to us and influenced us. I wonder, yeah, where his went.
0: <laughs> Isn't that kind of like how it goes around? In a, in a cyclical way, as in you know and, mm. and I think another thing to say about that is that a lot of really interesting music happens when it's put in another context mm. and it's it's you know forced by osmosis to be somewhere else mm. um Carl maybe it's a good point to, to jump ahead to um Julia Clifford who we've all already mentioned um like she's somebody who you know uh, was you know, operated out of London and was was very much part of, of a world there that has mm. come back to influence the likes of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, when you said about about the freedom in uh, in, in uh, Alexis Zumbas is playing uh, and 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 that wonderful uh, sort of um, sound that he has, in a totally different way, Julia Clifford occupies her own space and has her own sound, right? Mm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, sh- we got those first two tunes that we played tonight yeah. uh, the Polkas from Julia Clifford um,
0: from the same album we're about to hear another tune from yeah, yeah.
1: yeah the exact same well the first one is from the same album okay. with her son Billy Billy yeah and uh, she's a Sleeve, Luka, Sleeve Luka, uh musician learnt all her craft from Porco O'Keefe, and um, yeah uh, Dennis Murphy her brother would have also learned from Porco O'Keefe, and you can hear between Dennis and Pork, there's a very kind of clean bowing and everything's really pristine Um, but then Julia just has this grit that uh, (laughs) I just am all over anyways it's just uh, I think a lot of the people that moved to London kind of and some of them especially women wouldn't have played for years I'm not sure about Julia now but that would have affected their style then but um, yeah she just was an amazing uh, performer as well she just get on stage and just Go straight, lash the tunes out. No, Mm -hmm. no flies on (laughs) her. Just lash right into it.
0: Yeah, you were talking about those videos where, where, again, um, the energy is just yeah, and that swashbuckling swashbuckling style. One level
1: of energy as well, just from the beginning to the end. Yeah, just
0: unbroken chain. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, look, probably a a good point to introduce um, the sound of Julia Clifford. music Um,
1: you can hear uh, you can hear there just uh, in comparison to like Porco O'Keefe would play something like something like that different different tune there Mm -hmm. but um, whereas she wouldn't go for that kind of pulsating rhythm uh, which is probably moving away to London might have had that on her where she would just lift the bow she'd be yeah, she'd mm. get a lift into it that way, and it's mm-hmm. just uh, up and away. Yeah, and then we also <laughs> touch off the lower strings. You go, yeah, so you okay. go for that when it's yeah. kind of jarring. But uh, there's a few musicians that do that, and I, I just it's uh, when you touch off that, I think, in the appropriate amount. But jarring brilliant.
0: jarring in a really in a beautiful, a really beautiful raw adds, way. That's right? the life of it, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what what strikes me as a non-musician when I hear Julie Clifford is that there's life coursing through this music. Yeah. Mm. And, um, and you know, what you said there about that unbroken thing, that energy that she has, mm. um, I think that kind of sums her up, really. Maybe when it comes to the voice and the fiddle, the thing we were I was going to ask you about, um, I know you said earlier that it's not that difficult, but how, it, how, it, it must be that pretty difficult to, to figure it out the first time at least. You know?
4: uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, well, i tried it. Yeah. It. yeah.
0: Uh. <laughs> Anybody else tried it?
1: Um, yeah, I guess it's like... Um,
0: like there's... I know, okay, so... I
1: suppose I learned... Yeah, I learned to sing when I, I got a hand injury and couldn't play anymore. Yeah. And I learned to sing... And uh, i never gone to lessons or anything. So I just learned to sing based on traditional singing, based on my fiddle playing. And okay. so like I kind of learned how to sing from Liam O'Connor, my fiddle teacher. <laughs> when I first started singing, I was like doing way, way more ornamentation than I do now. And it just all, everything I know came from... How to play the fiddle?
0: Was and that around 2014 when we saw you singing? No? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, pretty <laughs> okay. much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it sounded so, pretty good. Um, for me, it's always been the two have always been tied together. Yeah, and you hear Ronan Galvin and uh, then Neely Boyle talking about. Maybe the we should just, just keep talking between between
0: about about Neely because yeah, yeah. he's the guy who who really yeah. When when you when you talk about the fiddle and voice, we have mm. to talk about what Neely says about it.
1: Yeah, he's. Uh, Another one that would have gone for the bird sounds as well, and uh, there is a bit of that in the tradition of just uh, reaching that other level. But he talks about uh, the fiddle being the closest instrument to emulate the voice, um, where you you know if you're singing a song where it's kind of going like
4: um, some porting of a ring, you know, the
1: you really get that from. Uh, Neely Boyle's playing where he's doing something. So it kind of just yeah shines true yeah. as the the exact same yeah. sound a- a- almost and another voice. right? Yeah.
0: maybe we should just listen to a little bit of that Neely Boyle mm. uh, one before. So this one appropriately on the day after. Uh, <laughs> it's called Winter. Tiern and we weo
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, what a heroic performance. <laughs> but sorry, both from Boller or Clear, uh Carl Caulfield and Killian O'Flanagan. Um, so let's hear that one. beautiful um the uh, he he had some strong opinions about not just um, mm. uh, he had strong opinions about everything really but i mean there's never been anybody like him and he's, it's very useful to have those opinions to go back to right
1: yeah there was a lot of uh, bollocks around during his time <laughs> and uh, I'm not calling the bollocks now, but he was, he was a genius for that. Yeah. Uh, he
0: yeah, he was, wasn't shy of saying, uh, yeah. calling those things out and or whatever. Those people are
1: absolute characters to have yeah. had, you know, to listen back to them. And, and yeah, um, and
0: to even have access to their voices yeah. is, is so important. And right?
1: their interpretation. Yeah, he, there's a recording of him talking about the state of Irish music and he's a good while dead now, so that was a long time ago, talking about the state of Irish music at the time. And he just starts out by saying... Well, I'll tell you about the state of Irish music. It's finished. he <laughs> <laughs> He called,
0: called it a day at that point. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, so actually, we'll go to the tune now, if that's okay. Um, so this is...
1: Wonderful. The Winding River Row, yeah. I yeah. uh, got it off Dominic Kelly uh, from the Gaolian Song Project, uh, which is on the uh, ITMA archives. It's a great uh, resource for anyone trying to learn to start picking up songs because this is the first only place I knew at the beginning and there's loads of really nice songs that you can see the lyrics and everything to. um, And then it would have been the first fiddle song that I played as well, which was uh, Sinead Kennedy gave me a kind of a gig spot to either play a slow air or sing a song or both. And uh, I decided both, but I didn't know if she meant... A slower first, and then a song, or the two together. So I <laughs> tried the two together, uh, and it, the rest is history.
4: <laughs> Some poets sing of a noble king, of a sweeter. Some tell a tale Of ships that sail With treasures rich and rare But my humble pen Uh, across the sea On a summer's night, my courage great still stone Smile
0: So we're we're just going to take uh, one more song from another artist or another uh, singer in this case. um, And we're going to switch from the fiddle this time um, to the voice. And this is one that Killian has chosen for us. Um, So we're going to hear Barry Gleeson singing My Bit of a Stick, it's a charming song and an absolutely wonderful singer. Um, yeah. There, there. I suppose the tradition that 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 you were part of um, and, and Barry Gleason is part of, of singing in Dublin, um, Killeen There's been like a. It's been. It hasn't. It's not today or yesterday. You mentioned the goalie, and you meant and uh, already, Carl. But um, but this man kind of epitomises that spirit of of Dublin singers. He
6: does, um, for me anyway. Uh, I think I'd, you know heard about him you know as soon as you know i think about our early 20s we started to get into singing um from playing tunes for the last five years before and the word on the street was you have to hear barry gleason um and he would have been one he is one of the uh, members of the goalie singing club but to kind of i wouldn't call it an offshoot but um uh, almost in honor of the gaulin, the night before Larry got stretched, came along and, you know, for a place for people, young singers who wanted to learn and not uh, wreck a night at the gaulin of sing people who couldn't sing. Yeah. You know? uh, so a safe space for people to learn. and... Yeah. But the and, uh the members of the gaulin were more than generous with their time and would always would often come down to the night before Larry got stretched and sing songs there. And yeah. Um. That's where I would have first heard Barry Gleason and you know, it's you, it's something else. It's it's a powerhouse, and the dry wit and yeah, his delivery of things. Um,
0: yeah, we were it's talking.
6: All just fantastic.
0: Yeah, we were talking about the way he ends the verses. We'll hear it in a minute. Yeah. But just on the point of the goalie, Killian. Um, I, a few uh, years ago, I had some Dutch friends around, and. um uh, just they were, it was lucky that it was on one of the nights, you know, yeah. and, uh, and I brought them to, to it and, you know, I'd been in, in Amsterdam with them and they'd taken me to all their beautiful museums and I'd seen all their wonderful architecture and I'd sailed their incredible canals and all of that. Um, but then they got something there that they absolutely had never witnessed before in their life. And I think as much as the singing and, and the power of uh, some of the individual um, songs that were sung... Um, what was so impressive was how the whole thing operated and how it was delivered and how it was uh, managed, you know, and that yeah. open way that, you know, where people can, can of all abilities, can sing and and, uh, and just the evenness with which uh, that vibe is distributed. And, and I think that's a lesson in, in how to do it. You know, there's a beautiful atmosphere.
6: There is, and there's such an openness about it. And you go there and the people you would hear singing while you're sitting down, in a room full of, you know, it's, it's, it's by no means a gig. Yeah. Uh, everyone's singing a, a song of their own. Um, and you would be blown away by the talent that's <sighs> yeah. abundant there. Yeah, uh, and the feeling in the room. Yeah, and these people mm-hmm. are by no means, you know, they're not making their living from singing, they're doing it for the love of it, and yeah. they're as
3: good as anyone, so.
0: Yeah, and that love shines through. So let's listen to to my bit of a stick by Barry Gleason.
3: This one, I don't know how genuine it is, Um, it's the old stick, it's called, but it has so many ingredients, typical ingredients, like it has a faction fight, it has love, it has whiskey, chalades, healers, priests, and uh, the the usual thing that has to happen, you have to have committed some, some sort of a crime to be the hero. And at the same time you have to be accused as an innocent man accused and victimized to be the martyr. So it has so many of these things that I don't know whether it's genuine at all. Um, it's in James M. book, but, um, it's called uh
2: Hillstick.
3: <coughs> Oh me name, it is McCarthy, I'm a native of Trim. My relations is all dead, barring one brother Tim. He been a soldier and he went out to Cowball, where perhaps he's laid low with a lick in the skull. Now let him be dead or be livin'. A prayer for his soul must be given That'll take him straight home or to heaven For he left me this bit of a stick (laughs) If that stick had a tongue, it could tell you some tales How it battered the countenance of the old nails It made bits of skull fly about in the air And it was the promoter of fun at the fair and I swear, be the toenails of Moses. It often broke bridges of noses of that faction that dared to oppose us. Is the darling kipping of a stick. <clears throat> The last time it was used it was on Patricius' day When Larry Fagan and I we got into a fray We went to a fair be the town of Athby where we danced and went on I kissed Kate McAvoy then our sweetheart went out for his cousin. And DJ he brought in a dozen, and a doldrum they would have had us in, if I hadn't me bit of a (laughs) stick. A war was the war when that faction came in. And to pummel us, well, they peeled off to the skin Like a Hercules, there I stood for the attack And the first that came up I sent down on his bag Then I showed out the eye of Atlanty For he once floored me dear sister Nancy In the meantime dear Kate took a fancy To myself and me bit of a (laughs) I smattered her sweetheart until he was black She then tipped me the wing, we were off in a crack And we went to a house the other end of the town Where we kept up our spirits by letting some down <laughs> And then we got ourselves snug in a corner and the whiskey beginning to warm her. She says, "My sweetheart's an informer." it oh, was then I said prayers for me stick. <coughs> we got whisky fi Kate to such a degree. Bars <laughs> apart, my dear Kate had to sit in me knee. I promised to see her safe to her abode, but soon fate we fell in the muck and the road we were roused with the magistrate's order before we could put a toe for thar surrounded be peter's for mardar was meself and me innocent stick <coughs> when that trial came on KB swore to the fact that before I said two I was decently white, and the judge, had would a little more feeling than sense, said that what I had done was but in self defense. But one chap swore again, me named Kerry. Oh. Though that night he was in Tipperary, yeah, he'd swear a blue tit was a canary. <laughs> Transport me self and me stick. When I was acquitted, I leapt from the dock. And soon all my comrades around me did flock. I'd a pain in me shoulder, I shook hands so often. For the lads all imagined I'd see me own coffin. Then I went and I bought a gold ring, boys. And dear Kate to the priest, I did bring boys. T'was that night we discovered a sting, boys. In the tale of me bit of a...
0: (laughs) Larry Gleason, uh, brother um, of Brendan Gleason, um, the Gleason family. Um, Killian, what is it about that that, in particular? I mean, there's lots to love, I know, but like yeah. the delivery of the song, I guess. Um, and I, again, I'd urge everybody, once it's possible, to to go out and check out places like the Goalie and, and Larry got the night Larry got stretched. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's the, his command of 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 the song and the delivery is is exceptional. Right? It's all
6: you know he's top-notch in everything but for me it's just like it's the same thing with most of my favorite musicians whether they're fiddle players or singers or whatever um it's just his tone is just unbelievable (laughs) and that's the best thing about a musician and uh yeah that's yeah everything else just nothing
0: yeah everything else is fantastic as well but for me the it's always just the tone is class. Yeah. <laughs> um, and on that on that point and at that point I think it's time for another song from Gillian O'Flanagan and Carl Caulfield.
6: Um, so this was probably the first song I wrote after lockdown, when we were in lockdown. Um one night Carl, I was uh, in the middle of Dublin. <laughs> uh, I wasn't didn't have the luxury to be out me, I was in the, the heart of Dublin. And uh, yeah. Um. I didn't want to to go too deep into anything. But uh, so I kind of wrote. Uh, I don't know. I call this a bit of a ditty. But uh, <laughs> you know, myself and Cole we are sending stuff to each other through you know making recordings. And uh, Cole you know, he was on the the Jack and Susan go for a drive, and uh, he he's done amazing stuff on the songs I've sent him. And uh, yeah, I just I just kind of gave him a vibe just, just, and he uh, came back pr- perfectly on this so um, yeah this is the first song
1: might interject I was uh, up in Donegal at the time actually and it was as dark as this in a sitting room uh, empty sitting room and I just heard Killian's song for the first time and I just imagined this kind of dance of death just kind of skeletons almost just in a eternal dance basically and that's kind of <laughs> what I channeled on his Playing along to her. <laughs> <Okay>. Death. <laughs> so, it's, uh, it's he said it was the vibe, anyways. Then <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm from the team. So, here we go. <laughs> That the lowest
7: bet you go deeper Come and sing in the silver swing
0: be available um, the debut EP is going to be available as Coup so do you have a photo on the KU Killian There's a photo on the Coup KU yeah. photo. okay um, so it's time to thank um, thank you so much Keith O'Failon on sound um, wonderful sound thank give it up for Keith thank you thank you um, also thanks to um, Mike Glosier who is uh, bless the hands that made the food and thanks Mike
6: thank you Mike um,
0: thank you. And to to our to Mike O'Neill uh, for being such a wonderful host here at the Beach Cafe in in Fienaid. And uh, thank you all for um, our um, space, our, our spacious, socially distant, uh, sparse but brilliant audience here. Uh, so thank you as well. And uh, we're gonna have o- one more song from Killian. What's this one, Killian?
6: This is uh, one I got from Dave Van Ronk. Um, myself and Kyle recorded it together last year in our friends' uh right out there back garden. Um, yeah, green green rocky road it's
0: called And um, we'd encourage you to dance but it's illegal so Yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry don't do that. So. Dancing inside. is it a good day to, to say that I um that I always thought that the rosin on the bow was rochine on the bow? <laughs> <laughs> today's a good day I oh, yeah. open yeah, yeah. today's the day <laughs> um, okay so once more uh, make me an island make me a Feenit island from Feenit within and Phoenix without thank you everybody <laughs> thank thanks you. very much <clears throat>
7: Aiding green How true you are loved How true you are loved You see that he crop Up in the sky He, he don't
2: walk
7: Now he just fly. He, he don't walk Now he, he don't run He gone flapping Up to the sun Green, green he, Rocky run from the green. Tell me who you are, love. Tell me who you are, love. Little Miss Jane, run to the wall. Don't you stumble, now, don't you fall. Don't you sing, now, ah, don't you shout. Give me sing, I'm running out. Green, green. Rocky Road, promenading. Tell me who you are love.
2: Tell me who you are love.
7: My skills come back to green, green. Rocky rocks, combinating green. you are, love. Can you are, love. When I go away, oh about tomorrow, ain't I care a on my floor? Along and follow me. We will go down to Galilee, green, green, rocky, rock, promenading green. Tell me who you are, love. Tell me who you are, love.
0: Caulfield Killian O'Flanagan thanks again Keith and thanks to Mike
2: and uh,
0: thank you everybody